0: Welcome to five-minute fever. I'm your host Kayla Hegret and my goal is to get you in God's word and fired up with the Holy Spirit So I know I have taken an extended break from this podcast and I just have to be so honest There's just been some things that have come up in my life that have taken me away From the things that I love it has taken away. It has stolen my joy It's taken on me away from even God a little bit and it's taken away my sense of self and I know that at the end of the day God will see me through and I know that I need to put one foot and step in front of the other and just take a step and so this is my time this is my step this is one of the moments that I'm going to take the step forward and try to enter into a new season and I hope that you guys will join me and so we're going to pick up right where we left off a couple weeks ago and so we're going to pick up in first Corinthians chapter seven verses 10 through 16, which says to be married, I give this command, not I, but the Lord, a wife must not separate from her husband. But if she does, she must remain unmarried or else be reconciled to her husband. And a husband was must not divorce his wife. To the rest, I say this, I, not the Lord, if any brother has a wife, Is not a believer and she is willing to live with him, he must not divorce her. And if a woman has a husband who is not a believer and he is willing to live with her, she must not divorce him. For the unbelieving husband has been sanctified through his wife, and the unbelieving wife has been sanctified through her believing husband. Otherwise, your children would be unclean. But as it is, they are holy. But if an unbeliever leaves, let it be so. The brother or sister is not bound in such circumstances. God has called us to live in peace. How do you know, wife, whether you will save your husband? How do you know, husband, whether you will save your wife? So I find Paul's passage to be really interesting because it kind of brings up this situation. I think a lot of us have thought about at some point, what happens when we're unequally yoked? You see, many Christians are either warned or will warn others not to be unequally yoked, a.k.a. we should marry or date other believers. This advice comes from another of Paul's passages in 2 Corinthians, which in chapter 6, verse 14 and 15 says, Do not be yoked with unbelievers. For what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? For what fellowship can light have with darkness? What harmony is there between Christ and Belial? Or what does a believer have in common with an unbeliever? So here it seems that Paul contradicts himself. And we causes us to question, well which one's correct? Do we marry unbelievers or don't we? How do we know which Bible verse applies? And you want to, these are great questions. And these are questions many of us are going to wrestle at some point as we read the Bible, because this is a book that seems like it makes a lot of contradictions. But what I'm hoping to do is shed some light today on how both of these are actually correct. As far as if we're dating and what, if we're looking for our other half, we should try to be with another believer. Because oftentimes what happens, and I'm speaking from experience when I say this, is that an unbeliever will slowly pull you away from God or they create tension in your relationship with God or they create tension between each other because of your beliefs. And this kind of tension is not what God wants for us in our marriage or in our relationships. Marriages are supposed to be a full expression of freedom in God and we get to share that with another person. But when we come to 1 Corinthians, It's important for us to understand the context of why Paul is apparently contradicting himself. In ancient culture, apart from wealthy households, only men initiated divorce in Judean culture. Unless there was an extreme case of abuse or negligence, then a woman could petition the elders to compel a divorce out of her husband. Now in Greek and Roman culture, which is the primary among these Gentiles, and which we see in Corinth, they were very different. And remaining married required mutual consent. So divorce could be given with little notice. Now, granted, I don't want you to think people were just running around divorcing each other. I mean, because they didn't, they had finances and family obligations and family relationships, simple arguments did not necessarily cause divorce. But the rate of divorce in Corinth was high. And likely many believers were already remarried before their conversion. So what Paul is doing is he's rejecting that their newfound spirituality is grounds for divorce and instead gives them a sense of evangelism because it is through them that their marriage is sanctified. This shows us even when we become a believer later in life and our spouse might not yet be there, that it's not a chance to worry. It is through you and your example that God can work. This is the same concept when we're in Christian relationships and our partner falls away from God. That isn't a reason to leave them. And it may be that through you that they are brought back to Christ. What Paul is showing is that through these two passages, marriage is extremely important. So we shouldn't take it lightly. We should be careful who we choose to spend the rest of our lives with and know we are making a commitment that says, I will not leave you in moments of weakness, but I will pull you through to moments of strength in the Lord, because he says right at the end, and that's the part I want us to really focus on right at the end. He says in verse 16, how do you know, wife, whether you will save your husband Or how do you know, husband, whether you will save your wife? I think we need to pray into this moment because I know there are some of us who listen here that maybe you have a wife who doesn't believe yet. Or maybe you have a husband who doesn't believe yet. Or maybe you're even in just a long-term relationship and you've been in this relationship and you've come to Christ and in this relationship your partner isn't yet Christian but you don't want to leave him because of that so I think we need to pray into this because we are called by Christ we are commissioned by Christ to evangelize the world and that can start first at our homes we can start right now today with our partners and show that through the example of us that our relationships are sanctified that our relationships bring holiness And so would you join me in prayer? Heavenly Father, Lord God, Lord, I just want to pray over everyone who is listening. I want to pray over myself, Lord God, Lord, that we would be in relationships that cause holiness, that we would be in relationships that are sanctified in you and that, Lord God, if we have unbelieving partners, Lord God, that you would help us through our actions, through our words, through every bit of our being, Lord God, speak through us, glorify yourself through us onto our partners, Lord God, so they have no other option but to turn to you, that they would see the love of Christ radiating through us and in us so that they are just compelled and they want to know so much more, that they would bring it up, Lord God, that they would bring it up to us so that we would have that open door to just share the love that you have given us, to share the grace that you pour out over our sins. Lord God, would you please be with us? Give us this moment. Give us this day. Give us the week and the year. However long it must take for you, Lord God, we are willing and we are able and we are saying yes today. Use us as vessels, Lord God, to do your great work. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thank you so much for joining me and I look forward to next time. Please like and follow 5 Minute Fever on Facebook and Instagram so you can subscribe and share to get the next episode and so we can show people it's possible to get a big word from God without having to spend hours in the Bible.